Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. I watch them sometimes during the week and they'll drive in and they're not coming here to see me. They're just turning around because they went the wrong direction. We need to turn them around. Most of them aren't going to drive in here. They're going to be sitting next to me at work and you next to work and at school, driving by our neighborhood. You know how many houses you go by and people are just going through life empty, looking for an answer, and we're too busy or ashamed. When we become born again, we're to leave the past behind. We're new creations. However, we're not to forget where we've come from or what we've been delivered from. We need to consider that when dealing with other people, as Christians, we can't look down upon the lost. We need to look at them with a heart of compassion. We need to love them with the same love that Jesus has for us. Now, that's not always an easy task. It can't be done in the flesh. That's why we need Jesus. We need His grace to empower us to love like He does. We need His heart of understanding. We need His gentle and caring Spirit to work in and through us. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verse 15, with our continuing study entitled, Dining with the Enemy. Now, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. You see, the first thing that Levi did, because he was so radically changed, he did something very important. Levi, upon his conversion, remembered his former sinner friends. He remember where he came from. So he's going to throw a big party in his house. And he's going to invite all of these friends. Now, why is he going to invite them? Because he knew they had the same emptiness that he had had. He partied with them all the time. He knew how they felt. He knew that they were going down a dead-end road. There was nothing for them to bring significance to their life. He was going to share with them that there was hope. He was excited about receiving amazing grace. Someone has said that when we come to Jesus, we call it amazing grace. As time goes by and the freshness wears off, we call it interesting grace. And after we've been a Christian a number of years, we just call it grace. Has the excitement of serving Jesus Christ worn off you this morning? Remember back to when you were Levi? Do you remember back how empty you were? How frustrated you were with life? Miserable, wasn't it? But see, some of us are so far removed, we've forgotten 
what that was like. Levi didn't want to make any mistakes. He remembered. He had just been changed. Jesus had just come by his life and changed him totally with one encounter. So he wanted, he was excited about telling it. How many remember the day when Jesus came by the toll booth of your life? And you were shocked, but you took him up. You received fulfillment in your life. See, this is what was happening. Levi was going to get the cure out. Now, who was he going to invite to the party? The scripture. Look at that verse. He invites two kinds of people. Sinners and tax collectors. Well, we know tax collectors are just like he was. Those kind of people. The sinners were actually a group of people. They were kind of a mixed group of people. Here's who they were. They were people that didn't agree with the law. They didn't do anything religiously and whatever. They didn't have anything to do with the Jewish religion. They just went to this group of people that Levi invites to his house as publicans and tax collectors like he was. And then this whole group of generic sinner friends. The sinners never went to the synagogue. They didn't go there. The tax collectors couldn't go there. So who was Jesus going to minister to? He was going to minister people that would never step inside the church. You see, Jesus was going to minister to somebody who would never be at one of his teachings. He was going to befriend the sinner. This brings me to a point this morning, and I want to call it something strange, but it's, it's a dangerous mentality that Christians have. I want to call it saran wrap Christians. When we become Christians, many of us just kind of wrap ourselves with this sterile saran wrap. We go off into isolationism. We don't want to have contact anymore with the world. I mean, they're unclean. They do things we don't approve of. When just a few days before, what were we? Exactly what they are. But we've wrapped ourselves with this holy, like Pharisees really. You see the Pharisees, you're going to see they're going to complain and gripe. But many Christians have done this. You know, we expect people who are lost to be like us. They're not going to be like us. They're sinners. And so we drive our cars down the street. We put bumpers on them. That's cool. You know, we have some things that say whatever. But, you know, Jesus loves you in the cross and all kind of bumper stick. You can't even sit out the back window and all these things. And you're driving down the street and you expect this guy to drive by and go, Ooh, a Christian, stop the car, stop the car. Honk, 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 honk. Uh, get out and fall down and accept Jesus Christ at the side of your bumper. Give me a break. It's not going to happen. More likely he's going to say, get the thing off the road. I want to go down the road here. So Jesus would go where? Where they're at. The scripture says Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Well, seeking means going to where they're at. Where are they? At a party. Whoa. That's where Jesus is going to go. He's invited. He accepts the party. You see, this saran wrap Christianity brings us down to an abnormal living environment. We're more comfortable around Christians. We know that. We all are. We're more comfortable here this morning because people pretty much, I mean, there's some people that aren't Christians who will give you an opportunity to join us. Not saran wrap, by the way. But we're more comfortable because we kind of believe the same. We have the same Lord. 
But I believe it's a sterile environment that was never challenged in the Word for us to become part of this. Think about it. We live our lives with other Christians. We're comfortable in Christian schools, in Christian neighborhoods, in Christian camps, with Christian yellow pages, with Christian concerts, with Christian sports, with Christian aerobics, with Christian doctors, with Christian dentists, with Christian veterinarians, for crying out loud. And I don't have anything against that. But sometimes it's nice to go down to Ethel and Mertz Center restaurant and talk to an unsaved waitress and give her a decent tip. Some people leave their card instead of a tip. Give me a break. No wonder people look at us like we're weird. So what do we have? Jesus would enter the world where the sinner was. Most of us have isolated ourselves or try to isolate ourselves. Now there's a delicate balance. When Jesus goes to this party, he doesn't condone the sin. He doesn't partake of the sin. But he loved the sinner. It's hard. If you come from an alcoholic background, don't go to the bar this afternoon and sit there and I'm going to be part of Jesus. No, we're going to have to come rescue you again. <laughs> don't be stupid. But so often we've isolated ourselves so far. You know, Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 17, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Use some wisdom. Use some balance. You'll see at the party, Jesus isn't like them. He doesn't become part of their lifestyle, but he loves them. People were comfortable around Jesus and their Homes. Let me ask you, Christian. Are unsaved people comfortable around you? Something for us to think about. Letter B. Don't condemn, be comfortable around them. Now, verse 16 says, When the teachers of the law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with the tax collectors and the sinners? So what really happened was this. Jesus is in this party at Levi's house. Levi's got a big house, a big spread. He's invited all his sinner friends, his tax collectors. They're having a great party. You know, it's like a Michelob weekend or whatever. They're just having a great time. Jesus is there with his disciples. The Pharisees are outside looking at this. So notice they don't go to Jesus. They go to his disciples. By the way, his disciples don't get it. But he's teaching them something. And they say to him, what's he doing in there? These people are unclean. Now, I want to share with you, because we don't understand this culture too much, what was really taking place. The reason the Pharisees were shocked, there was a part of their culture that said, if you sit down and eat with someone, you were becoming one with that person. There was some intimacy involved. We don't really understand it today because we don't kind of have... Uh, that kind of part of it in us. We, we don't have much intimacy when we eat, do we? When you drive through the drive through window and talk into this little box. Another fry, do whatever, can't hear you. You know, a lot of intimacy. You've had the same experience. A lot of intimacy, isn't there? No, there isn't. See, Jesus was perfect, but he took on your sin and my sin. 
That's what he was doing here. He was identifying with them. Now, the problem we have with this is this. You and I often condemn the sinning lifestyle. Picture Jesus at this meal. We're here. Do you believe Jesus did this? Where were you last night? Uh, Whose bed were you sleeping in yesterday? How come you're drinking so much wine? Watch your language. Where were you in church last week? Haven't seen you on the mountainside while I've been teaching. Do you believe that's what Jesus said? What do we say? When you invite people in to your life, do you sit and condemn them? Wait a minute. Who were you before you came to Christ? I mean, are we shocked at what sinners do? They sin. What else should they do? See, the righteous people are out there going, what are you doing with these people? Don't you know who they are? Jesus knew who they were. We know who they are. We knew who we were before we met Jesus. But we've forgotten it. Jesus was showing his disciples, don't condemn be compassionate. Disciples were watching this. Later they wouldn't get it, but eventually they would get it. See, Jesus came to the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. If I'm going to be like Jesus, are you condemning? Or are sinners comfortable around you? You see, I like to eat with people because there's an intimacy there. I won't eat taco dip with you if you're coughing over here, but I'll be with you. You see, some of you never have anybody into your table. You're isolated. You saran wrapped yourself. Only this close-knit friends, if you have them even. Open your table up at home. Invite another family over. But Jesus went way beyond that. He had a barbecue. Levi, listen, Levi had the sinners come to whose home? His home. Oh, I couldn't do that. They might bring their beer to the party in the backyard. Big deal. Guys, don't become so untouchable that the world looks at us and goes, forget it. You see, we hate the Pharisees. As we go through here, you're going to learn to hate the Pharisees because of their holier-than-thou attitude. But many of us have become just like the Pharisees. You see, when we're around unbelievers, we need to see the world as lost, not as wrong. When Jesus threw the net out, He brought in all kinds. Some of them weren't keepers. Some of you weren't keepers. How you ever made it is only the grace of God, isn't it? And there's plenty more like it. You see, when a person is lost, you don't try to set them straight. Listen to this statement. You find them and you bring them home. That's what Jesus was doing. They were lost. He wasn't there kind of straight. Now here's what you got to do. He was bringing them home.
so they could understand His love and His compassion. Letter C is don't be embarrassed. Introduce them to Jesus, the cure. I believe what happened that night, and we don't know this, but I kind of have a feeling this is what happened. That Levi, when he invited his friends, opened the party like this. Guys, this is not going to be our normal party. I've invited you, but I want to introduce you to somebody tonight. I'm not embarrassed about him at all. Somebody you've heard about has been through the community. His name is Jesus. Now, don't get upset. He's not religious like the Pharisees. He didn't come to me with a list of do's and don'ts. But here's a guy I want you to meet because one encounter with him changed my whole life. Now, he will tell it like it is. He told me that I could be right with God. That there was a way to take that unfulfilled area of my life and make it complete. And tonight I'm going to introduce you to him. You see, I believe he said to his friends, you've been watching the Pharisees, religion will never bring fulfillment in your life. By the way, it's still the same today. This church can't do anything for you. Only Jesus can. There isn't any of us that could do a thing for your spirit. Only Jesus So he said there was this man, his name is Jesus, he's going to change your life. Let me ask you just simply this. What if Levi had been too embarrassed to invite his friends to his home? Are you ashamed this morning at being a Christian? We glibly go, oh no, well let's look at our lifestyle. Are we? Are you ashamed what Jesus did for your life? And yet the world drives by by the thousands. I watch them sometimes during the week and they'll drive in and they're not coming here to see me, they're just turning around because they went the wrong direction. We need to turn them around. Most of them aren't going to drive in here. They're going to be sitting next to me at work and you next to work and at school, driving by our neighborhood. You know how many houses you go by and people are just going through life empty, looking for an answer, and we're too busy or ashamed. You see, life hasn't changed at all. Today, people are dying to find significance, and they'll do the absolute craziest things to find significance. From the psychic hotlines to the cults to the whatever, it hasn't changed. We have the cure. We have to tell them. Point number five, as we close this morning. To get well, you must take the cure. Look at verse 17. On hearing this, hearing what the Pharisees were saying, that Jesus shouldn't be eating with them, Jesus said this to them. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. You see, if you go to a doctor's waiting room today, it's not healthy people that are there. It's the coffers, the sick people, the people with fever, with rashes, with all kinds. The sick people are there. So Jesus said, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. So what he was saying is, all the people I'm meeting are sick. And they were, but they didn't care. You see, if you have a disease this morning and you want to get well, you have to do three things. Number one, you have to admit you're sick. 
I spent a lot of years in the hospital before I became a pastor watching people deny they have the symptoms of disease and put it off until they come in too late years into the hospital. They deny they have the disease. Some of you this morning may be here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ. You have the disease of sin. We all did. Now you can deny it all your life. If you do, you will die in your sin eternally, just like these people die physically. So the first thing you have to do is admit you have the sin. That's what he said to Levi. Follow me. That meant he had the sin. He had the disease. Secondly, you got to go and get the cure. Once you find out you have the disease, the doctor is going to prescribe to you the cure. Now, Dr. Jesus, by the way, makes house calls. That's what he's doing this morning. You won't find too many physicians make house calls, but Jesus, by the way, still makes house calls. So, what Jesus was saying is, these people here, they're sick. I'm the doctor. I've got the cure. So you have to admit you're sick. You have to find the cure. But there's one more step. If you have an ulcer this morning, and you go to the doctor, you diagnose this, he gives you the prescription, you go and you get it filled, you got to open the bottle, and a pull in your mouth, and you got to take the cure. If it sits on the shelf, it does no good. So, the day that Levi met Jesus, he had the disease of sin. His heart was empty. He eventually was going to die, separated from God. Dr. Jesus came by. He offered the cure. The decision was still up to Levi. Stay in the sin or get up and follow Jesus. That's exactly the same thing that hope had happened that evening. Look at that verse again, verse 17 as we close. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. You see, the righteous were the Pharisees who were out there in their holiness, and what Jesus was saying to them was a slam on their face. What he said is, you're sick, just as sick with sin as these guys inside, but you won't admit it, and you will die in your sin. I haven't come to identify with these people as far as partake in their sin, but I've come to bring them the cure. The choice is theirs. You see, he said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. His call has never changed. How did he call Levi on that day to follow him? Private or public? Man, the crowd's everywhere. And Levi heard this, follow me. You have to be called to follow Jesus Christ. You can't come to Christ anytime you want. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts you of that sin. Don't sit here and say, well, some other time that'll happen. No, when Levi had the call, he made the decision. Some year this morning are in exactly the same condition. You've been empty in your life for a long time. You're looking for significance. You will never find it outside of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. As believers, we need to be about our Father's business. We need to be actively living out the truth of God's Word in front of the lost. We need to allow others to see His power and glory working in us, changing us. Sadly, many professing Christians are ashamed or embarrassed to do so. 
They allow the fear of man to deter them from sharing the love and hope we have in Jesus. Don't let that be you, believer. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. The messages that you hear each day here on Lessons for Living were produced from messages that Pastor Mark shared at the main campus in Melbourne. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Saturday nights at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will share a concern he has with us. His concern is that many of us have lost our passion, our joy, our love for sharing the truth. We began strong, but now we're worn down. Life has taken its toll on us. We no longer have the drive to plant seeds in the hearts of the lost. Well, that weariness often comes when you're trying to do God's work in the flesh. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.